if you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the GOAT Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a GOAT, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the GOAT Consulting Podcast. This is season two right here in VCE Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. At the table with me, as always, is my good friend Tyler Burnett. He's the founder, the CEO of the ever-expanding GOAT family of brands in the empire. Tyler, we're glad you're here. I'm not going to let you speak today because we're going to go fast through this and then to the left, all the way in from Brentwood wearing his, what is that? Is that Georgia Southern? Yeah. Georgia. His Georgia Southern hat. You'll know who they are after this weekend. <laughs> my good, my good friend, the LinkedIn Whisperer, John Byers. Yes, this is the Goat Consulting Podcast. We are in season two. Uh, the Goat Consulting Podcast is built first on this idea of we can serve it up in a way that you can get it. And we're here in all stages of life and business. In our 20s, they teach us to get in the game. Our 30s, we move up in the game. In our 40s, we try to stay in the game because those 30 year olds are so damn good. In our 50s, we finally ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? And finally, it's about the goat from the brain of Tyler Burnett, the intellectual capital, the goat, the greatest of all time. It's easy to see in sports, there are people that are recognized for their greatness. What they do elevates those around them. But in mm-hmm. business, it's more, it's more of a challenge to see it's people and what they do that gives them energy. It gives other people energy. It creates new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And all that being said today, we take one idea around the table and we bring it to our global audience. This one's very exciting for me. And John John is the one that, that uh, said we have to do this one because if anything represents what we've been through, what we're going through, and where we're moving to yes. in 2022, it's this idea of Ted Lasso. So good, and the lessons that we learned. Speaking of people that give energy, I mean, he is your guy. (laughs) And and his lessons on leadership. Well, he was voted as the most approachable leader in 2021, and the show is part sports, part romance, part business, part relationships, and part life. Which is, I mean, all what we talk about. What was it? He was the most what leader? He was he was voted the most approachable leader in 2021. I mean, I think I made that up. Besides besides Jesus. I mean, he is the guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so th- th- there's so many things to, to unpack <laughs> about that up, this. Said. <laughs> there's so many things to pack up, uh, pack, uh, unpack, not pack up. We're unpacking. You know, I mean, this is, we, we packed up, moved to we Europe. packed up 2021. Yeah, he did. He packed, he yeah. <laughs> he packed up from, uh, from America across the pond to, to, to Britain to the Premier League which I don't even know if he knew what that was when he when he took that position. But you you love this character. You love the show. Um, you love the complexity behind yeah. the characters and the show. And uh, certainly it's a, it's a heartwarming show. And um, let's start there. Well, it's probably important to say, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, first of all, don't tell me so we can still be friends. But if you haven't, this is still an episode for you. Like, you will walk away from this, Davey and others at this table that might not have seen 
an episode yet and get something out of it. So don't lose heart. Hang in here with us. Ted Lasso, the premise is, and I'm not going to spoil it for you. We're not going to give away any spoilers here. But the premise of the show is you have a guy who is a mildly successful football coach at a D3 level. Yeah. That is hired to come run a professional European football. We may call, call it soccer, but has never coached soccer before. And you might ask, why in the world would that happen or someone hire him? Well, you've got a couple who gets divorced. The wife gets the soccer team in the divorce, and she wants to ruin the team, hires Ted Lasso. There's your premise of the story. To ruin AFC Richmond. Yeah. And quite the opposite happens once you get into this show, hence the reason we are talking about Ted Lasso. And there's three things I wrote, three things that I wrote down why I love Ted Lasso. And not just necessarily Ted Lasso, the character, but Ted Lasso, the show. Number one, it's heartwarming. Number two, it promotes vulnerability. And number three, every character in that show is facing a mental health challenge. Now, you're probably going to need to pause this podcast and then think about that, and it's true. Every character is facing a mental health challenge. Those three things, we, we may, there may not be three things more in our country, society, families, marriages, workplaces, relationships that we need to embrace as much as the, those three things of why I love the show, Ted Lasso. Well, number one? Heartwarming. It's heartwarming, and we need that now more than yes, ever. Yes, more than ever. Lots going on in our country, world, businesses. Coming out of a global pandemic. Yeah. Number two. Promotes vulnerability. Vulnerability. It and embraces be- it in such a way as, as that it's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. As opposed to this really scary thing. Like, like talking about kissing your spouse before you walk out the door to work. Yeah. I mean, that's powerful. You know, a uh, philosopher life coach once said if a man feels a woman's arms around him his whole, whole his whole day he can accomplish anything that's a vulnerable statement hmm. is that the same guy that awarded ted lasso's most approachable leader <laughs> 21 <laughs> hey that was that was real that was real. in my mind that was real and then number three every character is facing a mental health challenge on the show you know what's interesting when you said that last one what, st- what stood out to me was this that i noticed and i'm a I'm a casual observer of life and people and relationships, but I noticed on television that the NFL, the National Football League, now has spots during the games that highlights the mental health challenges that players are facing and have faced through this pandemic and mm. as, as uh, professional athletes. And I thought to myself, wow, we've, we've really changed the narrative and really moved to a new place in society when when a league is willing to embrace and put that to the world to say, we've got people that play this game. They play it at an elite level. It's really stressful and hard to do, and there's, there's a lot of mental health challenges that are going on. And well, I, I think that speaks to yeah. what, you're, what you're talking about with the power of, of Ted Lasso and the story itself. Well, we can all thank Ted Lasso for bringing that to the NFL and every other employer that I talk to these days. They are paying attention to mental health and the struggle for mental health Mm -hmm. is at a higher rate than it's ever been. I mean, pre-COVID, 
you would ask roughly any employer, they would have somewhere in the 10% range of their employees would admit to having a mental health issue. Today, it's 40 plus. Really? More than four times where it was just a year and a half ago. Maybe that's more because of the pandemic. Maybe it's more normalized than it ever has been before. All of that to say, thank you, Ted, for uh, bringing that to all of our minds. And Ted Lasso is positive and is a good, uh, optimistic kind of guy that he is. He's not all unicorns and rainbows. I mean, he's got his own struggles with family and mental health. I mean, he falls into that same thing. Every character is facing a mental health challenge. Well, it's part drama, right? It's part office politics, right? But there's, there's many lessons to be learned. Oh, God, so many. So many lessons to be learned. Is and the, it, the vulnerability you're talking about, you know, when he, uh, when, when they promote the assistant coach and then he has them put together a list of about all the different downfalls of the team and then Ted makes him share that oh, with yeah. them, remember? And uh, that was pretty powerful there. You know, if you're going to be a leader but you can't communicate to your team what they need to work on, then you're not a leader. And I love how he had a way, instead of saying that to him, he showed him. And I think yeah. a lot of times that's what a leader would do. They'll, they won't necessarily tell you, but they'll show you, and you'll learn your own way. And and I just feel like that well said. Thank you for coming to the table today. <laughs> um, so good to have you. Are you wearing that Georgia hat the whole the whole episode or you whole know, season? If you're lucky. <laughs> um but I don't want to lose what Tyler just said because one of the best moments for me in the two seasons that have happened is that moment where you have um, Nate, who's the assistant coach, who comes in and shares. And I'm just going to go ahead and share my goat because the, the best scene from that scene is when he's sharing with Roy Kent. Roy Kent is my goat, by the way. Roy Kent. Because for several reasons, one, he reminds me of my 16-year-old. Um, like to a T. He has the best crowd chant song ever of all time, which we cannot repeat on this show, but it is so, so good. It's fantastic. And he's the most improved human, I think, in the show because he comes from this place, as Nate says, is, you know, he's very angry and he's, you know, struggles with his place on the team and after being there for so long and getting old and having to embrace some of that, right? And yet he goes on, as you will continue to see in the show, and how he improves and, and becomes more vulnerable and embraces that. It's really powerful. But Roy Kent, he's my goat. He's, he's here. He's there. He's everywhere. He's Roy Kent. What about you, the goat? Well, my goat is going to be Randy Knight, former vice president at the um, automobile <laughs> company that I used to work for. Just blew uh, the cover. And uh, yes. Episode 45, folks. Finally blows the cover. I think it's going to be like 47. <laughs> now, episode 46. This will be 46. 46. 46. Well, anyways. Um, and he did something that helped me be more vulnerable as well. And uh, he was just a leader at a very pivotal time in my life. And um, when I was younger, I really thought it was all about winning and losing. And I just saw today. I didn't see necessarily tomorrow or next week or next month or next quarter. And I didn't really have that projection of I'm here now. I want to be here. How do I put a team together in whatever department I was in or whatever company I own to where we can all achieve that goal together? Mm. Instead, I just saw I got to win today. 
And so I would pull out all stops to to get to where I wanted to be today mm. and to where I thought everybody else wanted me to be today. I love that. We all, I think we all suffer from that, don't we, at some point in our career? Sure. I mean, I know I did. I mean, one of my good friends, to your point, said one time, have you all met my friend Dr. Jubinville? He'll, he'll come in and suck the air out of the room. Wow. And said that to me. And I walked out afterwards, and I said, I can't believe that you said that. And he said, well, you'll thank me later. He's about 15 years older than me. He said, you need, you need to learn when to suck the air out of the room and when not to. Well, it's a difference, and I love that story. It's a difference of being an impact player, which every team needs, and an impact coach. Because what you did, as you just described, I moved from being an impact player, an individual contributor, mm-hmm. rock star contributor to a team, to an impact leader or coach, right? And mm-hmm. that's really what Ted Lasso shows us so well. Like, he moves, and it doesn't matter what the sport thing company is. You take that kind of leadership and you put it in a scenario where he moves – uh, to a different continent, a different country, coaching a different sport. He's not focused on winning. I mean, he goes the whole. I don't want to. I guess I said we wouldn't, you know, spoil anything. But he goes the whole see the first season without winning a game, and yet the team is at a better place than they've ever been before. And it's a unique model to that's mm-hmm. that's grounded in what you just described. Yeah, I think you made a great point about being an impact person. And if you do that, your your ceiling is so low because you're just an individual contributor. And, uh, you know, me going through that life lesson when I was 24 or 25 years old, and obviously it being with me and continuing to learn as we're all doing, I've got the same thing that I've been working on. You know, one of my guys – with Goat Turf is an incredible performer, but he's an individual contributor or has mm-hmm. been. And we've had that same conversation. Like, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you can't get anybody else to believe in what you believe in or work together towards a common goal, then your ceiling is set. Yeah. But you, you start passing some of your knowledge on and training others. And now you're so much more valuable to the company and, so. Yeah, and you said believe, which clearly is a big part of Ted Lasso too, right? Like he he takes the in the first episode, he takes the rips the paper off and writes believe and posts it up there. In fact, I was at a Nashville soccer playoff game uh, last week, and somebody in the crowd had this gigantic sign. It was cut exactly the way Ted Lasso has it cut, and it written exactly the way. I mean, believe is a big part of his motto, and there's so many other lessons, right? How he benches the bad actors, he may, you know, encourages the team to make the extra pass, forgiveness is divine, believe, kindness matters. But the one thing that, that my goat moment of Ted Lasso is when he beats Rupert at darts, which is his own game. And he goes on at the very end of that, and he quotes Walt Whitman, which is so beautiful of a quote. And he says, be curious, not judgmental. And it connects with me because I'm really good at being judgmental and not curious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is quite the opposite of that. And I, I have thought and sat and wrestled with this, and I think it takes me back to that moment I think I've shared on the show before where for years, like 10 years, I think, probably I would would – hang my hat on the fact that the best thing for us to do when our kids turn 16 is have them, we can buy them any car they want. 
talking to Vanessa here, any car they want as long as they pay half. And she hated that idea for years and years. And It's a great idea. And that's what I thought. And, and I finally, in February of this year, I finally asked her, why do you hate it so much? And I don't know why it took me 10 years to ask, but after, oh, <laughs> after listening to her, she was right. Really? And, and since we recorded last, we did buy a car for John David. Well, I will say we bought a third car that's not his. And he gets to participate in yeah. that car. And he did have a you know price that he had to participate in being able to drive it. But he doesn't own half of it. So you, you did make him invest in some of it. Yes. But you moved from this place of it has to be half. So, so Vanessa, if I can try to shorten it up, I said, why, don't, why do you hate that mm-hmm. idea so much? And she says, well, first of all, you know, if he's got two grand for a car and we're going to contribute to, which is about what we thought he would have, um, none of the, a $4,000 car is not going to meet my safety standards. Yeah. That's one. She said, number two, knowing what we know about him, if he pays half of that car, half of that car will be his. And we don't really want that. We'll get to have a choice in two years whether or not we want to send him with that car to college or not. Hmm. And I thought, ooh, that's really good. And there were some other things, but those are kind of the two things that that made me curious. And I'm not judgmental. And we 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 did. He did have to pay two grand to be able to drive the car, uh, and that stung. But we kind of achieved that point we were wanting him to have. Yeah. And it's not his car. Yeah. It's our third car that he gets to participate in. I love it. That, that episode was great. That episode kind of brings me back to a, a Bible verse, James one nineteen. It says, "My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this: everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry." And I think that's I've done kind of the vice versa of that. Yeah, quick to get angry, quick to mm. speak, and slow to listen. And as I get older, and the more I hear about you know you being a father and all those things, and being a better husband, it's about being slow, being slow to speak. And when you do speak, maybe asking more questions. That way that you can listen and you understand yeah. the other perspective. Because mm. I think a lot of times it's about perspective, and your perspective was focused on one thing when it came to the car. Um, but a lot of times if, if you're willing to listen to other perspectives and be curious, then I think it takes a lot of that judgment out of there because you start changing your perspective, perspective a little bit. I was at Entrecon. Uh, down in Pensacola, speaking uh, a couple weeks ago, and um, uh, there was one speaker that said that in seven seconds that we make our mind up about the conversation or the person in front of us Hmm. and whether we're going to participate and whether we're going to allow them to belong. And the exercise that he made the group do that I thought was so powerful was that he said – and there's a group of 500 people. He said, I want you to go and I want you to find somebody that you don't know. And I want you to talk to them for seven minutes. So the, the, the whole crowd disperses and goes and finds people that they don't know. And then mm-hmm. he comes back and he said, so tell me about it. So the crowd tells him, but he said, no, I, do. I want you to go find somebody that you do know. And I want you to talk to them for seven minutes. And so they do that. Comes back to what's the difference between that? And they talk about the difference between the two. And he said, Now, here's what I want you to do I want you to stay in touch with the people that you just met that you don't know, that, that you're ready to let them be a part of what you belong to and what they belong to, what you want to belong to. 
And I think that speak, and, and so I stay in touch with this one guy that I met behind me. His name's Hammer, and he just texted me. He said, hey, when can I catch up with you this week? First name, MC? <laughs> yes. And, and it, made, it made, makes me think about what you just said. And in that seven seconds, your, your experiences and your story and your identity is no. He's got to pay half of it. That's just that's where you're coming from in the way that you were that yep. you were raised, yep. and that and that now as a man when you know what's ahead of him and what's in front of him, what he's going to have to do to win in life today, and then to be able to spend that seven minute conversation, and go back and rethink that, and say well maybe I I can see this differently, yeah I think is a powerful lesson that we all can learn and and certainly how Lasso is approachable. And you talk about, you know, Randy Knight and, and being approachable as a leader and saying, hey, think through this, mm-hmm. as opposed to the decisions that you were making then that time. The practical for me in this <clears throat> is super practical. But when I find myself wanting to have these stakes in the ground, stake in the ground, you pay half, we'll buy you any car you want. When I feel that stake in the ground moment, to be curious around not only the moment, but what else might be out there that I'm that I'm not leaning towards or looking at or considering and why I might be wrong. One of the best people I know at this is my son, Max. <laughs> and, and an example of that is the other day when I picked him up from school and he said, because he asked great questions, he's 11, I pick him up from school, and he says, Dad, how was your day? I said, oh, yeah, it was good. And he goes, why was it good? <laughs> like, it's those moments that we can, in fact, and, and I talk about this in our, our last episode, but those moments where we can choose to build trust or we build betrayal. And that sounds like it's a little harsh, but it's in those moments that we can really lean in and be curious or we choose not to be. And he was curious. And I think as we start to get those stake-in-the-ground moments, for me, being curious as to why I feel strongly about the way that I do and being curious about what other what else might be out there that could be better. Because it's not about being right. It's about getting it right. Why do I feel strongly about the way that I do? You know, it makes me think about my, my favorite moment with uh, Ted Lasso is when Trent, he's from The Independent. Is that right? The, oh, God, yeah. And, and he, says, so good. he says this, and he's, he's a um, – He's a reporter, and he says this about about Ted and what he's done with the team. If the lasso way is wrong, it's hard to imagine being right. In a business that celebrates ego, Ted reigns his in. His coaching style is subtle. It never hits you over the head. Whether that means allowing followers to become leaders or in a show of respect, eating food so spicy it's sure to wreak wreak massive havoc on his intestinal system. And though I believe that Ted Lesso will fail here and Richmond will suffer the embarrassment of relegation, I won't gloat when it happens because I can't help but root for him. That's what he wrote in his piece about Ted. You know what I might ask Trent? I might ask Trent, what, what is your definition of failure? Yeah. Because everything you just described right there, doesn't speak failure to me because failure maybe he ends up not being the coach there or the team doesn't go on to win a world cup 
but what do you mean by that, right? Like lean into that kind of curiosity. Everything he just described is what we want in our own households and our own businesses. And I, and I love it from the standpoint, well, I think what he means failure there obviously is winning and losing, right? I mean, that's that's how we keep the score and, and that's how most people keep score sure. in, in professional sports today. But what I love the most is where he says – that uh, in a business that celebrates ego, Ted reigns his in. If I look mm-hmm. back on the leaders that have had the greatest impact on me, my goat for today is, is Norman Joseph. And what Norman said, a very similar moment that you had with Randy, is that Norman said, Colby, I'm here to help you do one thing, and that's take the next step. And, and, and to me, once somebody said that to me, that subtle moment of leadership, I thought to myself, I'll do whatever this man asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And I'll do it even to a level that he doesn't even understand that I can do it. And I think that's what, I think that's what, when you think about Ted Lasso and why he won the most approachable coach and leader in 2021. Yes, of all I, time. I think that's, um, I think that's what we're speaking to. I like it. So many good lessons from Ted. So, so go back and, and there's, there's two. Is there one season? Two seasons? There's two seasons. Two seasons. That's what I yeah. thought. Are they going to have a third? Oh yeah, third season. It's already approved. Ask, ask, uh, renew your Apple TV. Ask Santa for Apple TV subscription. I'll be coming up on one of the future episodes about what I want for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) But that means that you're going to have to watch TV too. So, or at least some Ted Lasso. Yeah, watch a little Ted Lasso. Get past the YouTube clips. Do you good for Tyler Burnett and and John Byers? I'm Colby Jubinville. Uh, make sure you tune into Apple TV and, and watch Ted Lasso, and also make sure you tune in to the Goat Consulting Podcast. That is what we do. That's why we're here. We look forward to seeing you more in Season 2. This is the Goat Consulting Podcast.